So do you feel um, like there was, is this church a group that in your experience, you experience sincere love? No, at first, they're very good. Is it platonic love? I don't know what love you can call it apart from fake love, but they're very good at acting like it is that, like they will hook you and they'll yep. come around and visit you, they'll bring food at the start, and this is just to like, um, like I said, season you, butter you up. Yep, yep. So, to summarise, no, no, no. Okay, so do you, do you feel like, I've, uh, many other members are talking about their perception that it's robotic, that the members are robotic. Would, Do you agree with that? Robot. Yeah, I agree. Okay. You, can, you just do as you're told. I think that's Korean culture. You don't question the pastor or the elders. Like, you're not allowed. If you do, you've got weak faith and you're a very rude individual. If you ask the pastor certain questions, and I'm very outspoken. If, he says something I don't agree with, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask. Yep. I didn't like that. And they'd be like, no, like you're a leader, you're a group leader, and you have many members you take care of. Like, you shouldn't, you should know, or you shouldn't have to ask. You, you get to a point in a church where your faith's that strong, where that you begin just to lie yourself. You, in your heart, you know it's not true, but you start to believe the lie. And, and, you, and you begin to lie and cover things up. I see members sit there saying, oh, I never heard about 2012. Members who sat there with me and they would look you in your eyes and tell you, oh, we never spoke about that because they're scared that they might lose their position. Yeah. Oh, I'm not speaking anymore. Oh, the pastor's going to ignore me. And that's what, they, that's what they would do. So you can't call that love. If you can relate to um, they've got something called a uh, morning meeting. Okay. If you come late, oh, you'll be rebuked and educated. Everybody turns around and you're like, could you come late to a morning meeting? You know, if Father comes and you're late, oh, you can't go to heaven. Wow. So, so again, I want to tie this into the true gospel of the Bible. That is, and I just want to say this for people listening too, is like what, what this Bible teaches, this is just going back to that example of like mathematics is true and corresponds with the reality we live in. But when taught incorrectly, um, it leads to, you know, bad stuff. And so the gospel of this Bible is like everything that is contrary to what you're saying. You know, the, the, that it's, it's so, there's so much burden. There's so much weight. There's so much put on the backs of members. And it's like, it's, I just can't help but think of the words of Jesus where he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And like, yeah. I think if, if, if it's said accurately about like Ong Song Hong or mother, what they would say is, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you a couple more bags to carry and I'll add a little bit more weight to the, the weight you're already carrying because my burden is heavy and hard and fearful. Yeah. I'll take all your money. I'll, 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 I'll guilt you and I'll pressure you. I'll cause you to feel fear of hell all the time. And, and come to me if you want to have a miserable life <laughs> is, yeah. is basically the, the call of this church. And that's not yeah. the call of Jesus. Jesus comes to take the heavy weights and the burdens and the fears and the anxieties. He came to take that off of us. And, and he said, I'm, I'm, I've carried that for you and come find rest for your souls. And, Man, it, it again. It's just so unfortunate, so grieving that what this church does is rather than taking the burdens off of people's souls, it adds to those burdens. They do. They do, and they add to the burdens, and they they bully you also, like emotionally, they make you feel really bad. And once you do something like you might, for example, if you bought when you're a real gospel worker, a proper, I'm talking that goes every day. If you buy new shoes or you get a new top, they'll be frowned upon. Oh, brother, you know, father, he only had one suit and one shoes. You have to wear, like, your boots till they have holes in. Like, we would preach with shoes till they were literally worn out. It, it'd make you feel bad because that money you bought, like, shoot them trainers with, or you could have given to Zion to help the wow. members. 
That's the abuse. That's the abuse that they would do. So can I, I while you say that, they just brought to mind this scripture of First Timothy. It's First Timothy six seventeen, where Paul says, "Command." He says, "Command those who are rich in this present world." Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And so here, Paul is specifically addressing people in the church who are rich, like they've been, they they have wealth. And so, what Paul doesn't do is say, "Yeah, that's great. Make make treasure, make riches, make wealth the pursuit of your life." He's not saying that. But what he does, what he does acknowledge is that the riches, like the good things that we have in this life, the fact that I have what I need to be able to go out and buy a new shirt every once in a while, like that's something that he says here, that's something we can take as a blessing that God has given us this for our enjoyment. Like God isn't a God who's just up there like, oh, look at that guy. He's having fun. He's listening to music or he's watching a show and getting some enjoyment out of it. He's probably not going to heaven, you know, like that's so not... God, that's not Jesus. You know, it's like God created this world, and and obviously people can take that to an extreme. There's an extreme where we shouldn't go, where you are making treasure and riches and wealth the pursuit of your heart, and that's not the right way either. Obviously, so I'm I'm curious. We made a video recently talking about Ong Song Hong's book. Um, man, and the title always slips my mind. All the titles to his books are so long that I always forget the names, but it's. Um, problems with uh, the New Jerusalem and and head covering, something like that. The book yeah. where he refutes the idea of Mother God. And, yeah. and he yeah. opens up that book in the preface, which many people don't really, you know, many members, they'll, they'll try to defend the book, but they will leave yeah. out the fact of what he wrote in the preface, that yeah. what he was yeah. writing about was the unchanging truth of God. I'm curious, did you, were you aware of this book? And if so, what, how did you process that? Yeah, um, so we're aware of this book. Um, they, they've got a DVD which explains all about it. They've got actors playing it out, Father's picture. And um, the story is basically, they say that Father had like, you know, he used to run his, like, his church. And they said Father had a book where he was about to reveal the truth of Heavenly Mother. That's what they say. And they say this lady, I forgot her name. Um, Um, Yeah. She found this book and seen it and says, oh, I'm going to call myself Heavenly Mother and took it. But it wasn't the right time for Heavenly Mother. Right. Because of that, they said Father wrote that book. And they say that's why Father refused Heavenly Mother at the time because it wasn't the right time. The right time. So you don't deny that book. But if you go to the Church of God Museum, you won't find that book there. Okay. But they say only the because he does have that book, but and he would he so he he wrote it for that amount of time. This is their argument. He wrote it for just that certain period of time for that certain event that was going on of this woman claiming to be Mother God. So he just needed to write it to refute her, and then he withdrew it. And it doesn't that book the things he said in it don't count anymore. Is basically that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny how sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Book that they say he wrote, testifying to Heavenly Mother, that she found, that book doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, so there's no evidence that that's actually even... No. Nope. Okay, yeah. that's that's a problem. And the other problem, which which we brought up, I, I'm again, I keep kicking myself that I didn't say this in the actual video where we talked about this book. I've, I've mentioned it in videos following. But it is, it's that preface, because that's the argument that I've been given when I bring up Ong Song Hong's book, is they'll say that, they'll give that same line of reasoning, well, oh, well, he he just wrote that for a certain time, and then he withdrew it because it wasn't the right time to re- reveal Mother. But Ong Song Hong just completely demolishes that argument in the preface of his book, because he says what he's about to write the things that he's about to say about Mother God, the interpretations he's about to give of Galatians 4 and Revelations 22, which are like the key points uh, of, of like, you know, the foundational Bible verses that the World Mission Society will use to prove Mother God. But Ong Song Hong says all these things I'm about to say about Galatians 4, about Revelation 22, about Mother God. This is the unchanging truth 
of the Church yeah. of God. So they can say all they want that Ong Song Hong chose to withdraw that book. It doesn't matter. Whatever he said it's, in it is still the unchanging truth. And so, it, yeah. yeah. And so it's like to me, it's like it's crazy that Ong. I bet if I was to sit here with Ong Song Hong, he was alive, sitting across from me today. He would agree more with my interpretation of verses like Galatians 4 and Revelations 22. He would agree with me that those aren't about Mother God. Those aren't teaching a Mother God. He actually gives interpretations that line up with my views. And I bet he would sit here and to their face, he would refute World Mission Society members and leaders and say, you're getting these verses wrong. So it's true. I believe Aung San Hong is probably chained in his grave and probably thinks, oh my God, these people are calling me God. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's what I believe because how they do it is in that DVD I spoke about before, Heavenly Mother's Great Sacrifice. And a lot of members, Ford members will know this DVD because you can't learn about Heavenly Mother without watching this DVD. They say that Father, they, they have a, a, a picture where, where Father's there, not a picture like a recording, Father's there not actors, not an actual father, and he apparently signs off and gives the church to mother and okay. general pastor. And they say he goes to China, which represents the kingdom of heaven. But he didn't go to China because he died in Korea. So they say that father left the church to general pastor and heavenly mother. And they have like a scene where he's there and he's saying, I have to go now and um, I, will, I leave the church to you two which is completely false. They have a picture of obviously with father and mother and with the candles that apparently represent the wedding, yep. the blue and red candle. So apparently they had a wedding ceremony, but they don't have a recording of father actually saying yeah. he's God. Now, I believe if mother was God, now I've left, I was so naive at the time, he would have left a recording or he would have wrote another book. Yes, yeah, something. Something like to even like a hint, but he didn't like. They have we listened to sermons from An Sang Hong, but nothing about having a mother, just about the pastor. Yeah, and the the lack of evidence, both the evidence that Ong Sang Hong is actually Christ, or that mother is actually heavenly mother, that she's God. The the lack of evidence for that is just shocking. Honest, like it's it's almost shocking that there isn't more to it because of how convinced people are and even intelligent people, you know, like m people who are intelligent that, that, you know, think like you do that ask questions, but the lack of evidence that still yet still people give their lives up for it. Because the very good training people, we have something called countermeasures where, Countermeasures. Yeah. Well, we will study literally how to countermeasure Seventh-day Adventist Church, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, the Catholic Church, Church of England. We, we study that, their doctrine, and what they will say. For example, Jehovah's Witness will swear blind that, you know, Jesus Christ isn't God, and you'll learn how to counter that so when you are preaching, you're, you're ready. Yeah. That's how they... You know, they, they really, really, they really train your mind so that when you come across these people or people like yourselves that have knowledge, you met some members that you ready. Like that deacon that you met, he, it, it'll study countless countermeasures how to cope in situations like yep. this. The thing is, the problem is, is when you know, like, and I'm not claiming I know it like I'm super knowledgeable, but I know enough to where, like, I can hear the countermeasures and I can still see the issues. What I've found is like, there's only a certain point you can go, like the, the walls of their countermeasures only go so far back. Yeah. And when you yeah. go past those walls, they they have nothing left and they run away, they change the subject or they just <laughs> entirely ignore you. They just ignore you because they don't have an answer and they, they, they kind of just sweep it under the rug so that they don't have to think about it. But yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> Do you have any of those books still? Did you toss all your books? I did have some. I'll have to look. I'm pretty sure and my daughter's mother, she will have some of those books. I would I love to get the Countermeasures book because... Yeah, yeah. I'll, try, I'll try to find. I had some notes, but I'll definitely try to find some of them because um, they're, they're very smart to the point where one of the members is actually still there now. Well, he's 
half and half. He had like one of um, our old car measure books. Like we gave it, we don't go there anymore. We gave it him to the point where the pastor said to him, "If you don't give me that book, you need to leave Zion." He came to my house crying, and he said to him, "You need to give me that book because wow. he knew." Yeah, he knew. Since he knew where that book came from, from us, he knew. Oh, they've been gotten the chilies in there from 2010 and everything else. Wow. Uh, these guys have no idea about 2012 and what he done to like a lot of people. So they're, they're very, very smart. And it's how the past is the, they lie. They're, they're pathological liars. Yes. These, all these conversations are just opening my eyes to just how abusive. It really is. This is literally what they're doing to people is abuse. It really is abuse. And it's only because there was a Korean brother, um, his English name was Steve. I don't know say his Korean name. He, at the time, was very young like us. So he would translate a lot what they were saying. Okay. And then one day I caught him in the bathroom watching, they would say, watching the internet, watching a former member's video. So I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm um, watching it for um, education from another brother. So, you know, because he was a Korean brother, um, I just believed him. And then later on, just the first time that Korean brother actually fell away from the church. The one who was watching the video? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That was because he was like a, a Korean member for us to see. It was very... Wow. Yeah, it was really hard. So he had left also because he found out he never knew about the 2012 prophecy and he found out that some members died in Korea and the church tried to hide it and those members were told once you keep the Passover you're saved physically and spiritually this disaster will pass over you okay and the pastor apparently said to Zhang Zhou directly oh you said the father's coming 2012 and she said no I didn't and he said yes you did (laughs) (laughs) and he was driven out of the church. Somebody said that to her? Yeah, directly. And because he was a Korean member, he had a lot more information from Korea than me. Okay. So is this the same member that you saw caught in the bathroom watching the... Yeah. the same member. Okay, so I'm curious, yeah. where did you get the information that he said this to mother? Were you there or... No, I was in there. He had told me that he got the information from Korea from one of his friends that had left the church as well. And found out there's a lot more slander in Korea than there is in England and America to the point where when I went to Korea the second time, mother actually has security. Some of those guys are not pastors, they're security guards. Yeah. Well, she needs them because she's not God. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That was another red flag where I seen people that were running, going for her and having like signs. They had signs. Like Shall protesting? Yeah, protesting. Oh, you're the Antichrist who's spitting on the floor. So before we went, went out, after that, they were like, oh, um, by the way, you may see some grumblers or some false prophets, you know, rebuking God. And it's because she's ruining a lot of people's lives with, with what they've done. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a real, real shame. And after seeing all those things, I believe it was only natural that, I was going to fall away. But when you're a strong member, you tell people, even if I fall away, don't leave, stay. So tell me um, what right now from where you at, you are at, what would you say to current members? Let's think about the current members who are watching this, who are asking questions, who are doubting. What would you say to them right now? Well, I'm a very straightforward and blunt person. I tell them, do not waste your time. And if you're looking for God, God is not in the church of God. The only God that is in church of God is in the title and the name. God, God doesn't dwell there. Yeah. I, I know from a personal perspective, I raised my children in there for three, four years of their life. I raised them in that way where I would rebuke my children for doing what children do falling asleep during a worship and, and things like that. I've, from someone who was in there deep, I went every single day for around seven years straight. I did not have a day off. And I'd say anyone, especially that's just recently joined, leave as soon as possible. It looks good. 
when you to teach you things like the Bible is fact and the true Bible and things and it is quite good at the start because there's not a lot of churches that study one to one like that. But what they're doing is brainwashing you. It's kinda it's kinda like uh Jesus talked about, you know, the the outside the outside of the cup is clean. Um, the outside of this world, this society, church of God, this cup, they clean it and they polish it. They make it look really nice. Kind of like you're talking about when you first join, they're like, they put on this, this, uh, this fake love They're Yeah. They put this on. It's kind of like they're making the outside look good so that you're not, you're not pushed away from it and you don't see immediately the issues with it and run away. So they make the outside look good so that you'll get inside the doors then they shut the doors and lock them behind you with their doctrine and their fear. And then on the inside, you start to see, man, this is full of dead men's bones. <laughs> this is full of rottenness and decay. But they, they, they've locked the doors. And every time you try to go to the door, they wrap it with another chain of doctrine and fear and condemnation and, and, and guilt trips of saying, oh, you're, you know, you're blind or you've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they lock you inside with these dead bones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm here to tell you too, the Church of God also denies they don't force or do arrange marriages. I'm here to tell you directly that they do. The pastor said to me, you need to marry your partner. I said, why? I feel like we're already married. Because Heavenly Father was married, so you must be married. And, and they also stop you from getting married. I know one brother, he's a close friend of mine, that because he believed in the church, he really wanted to get married. And he liked a uh, sister. She was a Korean sister. And she liked him back. The church refused. The old mother says no. So he says, I've been here like, for three, four years. I'm still a man. I got a, I'm a human being. Like, you know, I'd, I'd like to be married. I'd, I'd like love. Oh, they'd say, no, 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 no. There's no time for that. We're preaching the gospel. No time for marriage. They pick and choose who's financially stable and they're the ones who are allowed to get married. Because they want your that. money. Yeah. I can tell you that personally. Okay. Where I've seen messages in brother's phones where a brother's saying, oh, I don't want to marry you. I'm, I'm fine. Or the sister will be like, oh, no, please, I really like you. And he's like, oh, you, li you like me. I don't, I, don't, I don't even, no, come on. I don't even know you. Yeah, man. Okay. So do, um, do, from your experience, did they discourage you from preaching to like the handicapped from certain types of people? Well, I'm even curious, like certain races were, did they discriminate in that way? Yeah, they did. So he wasn't allowed to preach to the homeless. Okay. He was told directly that because they'd only want the food from the church. I personally brought a homeless member um, into the church. That is what it's preaching, you know, bear fruit. And I was told by the pastor, oh, um, let's rebook the baptism. The pastor will even baptize him. Secondly, they also refuse you from preaching to homosexual people. Okay. Lesbians do a lot. I also preached to a member. Actually, at the time, I didn't know he was gay. I brought him. The pastor said, oh, he's gay. I oh, can't baptize him unless he states now he will not be gay anymore. Okay. He couldn't get baptized. He was told uh, to leave the church. And then one of my own through told me, they couldn't tell me because obviously I'm black, as you can see. Yep. They told her directly, do not preach to black people anymore. She told me, shut, because at the time in the church, she was married to a black brother. So she's kind of confused, like, does this mean I'm not going to be saved now? Like she was worried. Like, why should I preach to black members? I asked the pastor immediately, and then he denied it. And that's when I began to search online myself and seeing is his name missionary Ron, what he had said about that that he had been taught directly in around 2008 about the sons of Noah. And is it Seth or Ham that represents the black people? I'm not too sure. But uh, I've got a oh. Some some of them say uh, Cain. Yeah, Cain. Sorry, yeah, it could be Cain that represents the black people. So yep. I said, I'm very straightforward. I said to the pastor directly and said, listen, 
if black people can't be saved, let me know now so I can leave. I'm wasting my time here. Yeah, wow. I, I want to know, like, more specifically, like, if you are specifically discouraged from, like, the handicapped. You, you mentioned yeah. specifically the homeless. Yeah. So was it the handicapped as well? Handicapped and the elderly. And the elderly. From what I can remember, apparently, from what I was told, not by the pastor but by Korean members, you can't preach to them because they are born like that because of a sin wow. they committed in heaven. Wow. Okay, so you have Jesus in the Gospel of John. The disciples encounter this blind man, and they say to Jesus, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus says, it wasn't, it wasn't this man's sins or his parents, but it was for the glory of God. And so they're just kind of whitewashing all these people saying, no, they're this way because of their sin. And so yes. what, what I'm hearing over and over and what you're telling me is it's the poor the crippled, the lame, the handicapped, the 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 people who don't really have much to offer that they say don't because they can't they say because they're no use to the gospel, they can't preach the gospel. Wow. Okay. I have a verse I wanna read. And that that there like starts to make my blood boil a little bit. Like that just makes me mad. And not at the members necessarily again, because I know so many of the members like yourself weren't, you're not the deceivers. You're not the one, you, you are deceived. But it's the higher up, the leadership that is teaching this and, and causing this kind of teaching to trickle down to, uh, into the church. But this is a verse from Luke 14. Um, so Jesus said to the man who had invited him, he said, when you host a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or brothers or relatives or rich neighbors. Don't invite your rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may invite you in return and you will be repaid. But, Jesus says, when you host a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed since they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So Jesus was a man and a teacher that what he proclaimed was love and a real love, a sincere love. And you're seeing this here because the love of God that when it's being manifested in reality, it's going to result in people not, you know, it goes back to James too, the brother of Jesus who said, don't, don't just, when you, when you're eating a meal or whatever, don't invite, you know, the person who has fancy clothes and who is rich and respectable don't invite that person to have like don't say you come and sit here at the best spot but you guys who are poor you don't look so good you know you're crippled and lame you go take you take the back seat or maybe just sit on the floor and let the more important people sit up front like that that is like i can tell you that grieves the heart of god beyond words like that is so against everything jesus taught jesus said blessed are the poor in spirit. Before he taught his greatest teachings, you know, the greatest sermon, arguably, ever preached, Sermon on the yeah. Mount, he, he opens it up by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are persecuted. He says, blessed are those who are the, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the weak, those who, who enter into this world and they have less than other people. Like, those are people who, that's what moves God's heart and compassion. And that's the ones that Jesus associated himself with it wasn't the people who had it all together and had the money and had the clothes and thought they were all this and that yeah and so that that in itself you need no other argument than that that this church is wicked and dark and it, evil it, it, it is core. Wicked, dark and evil i completely agree and you asked me before again let me touch back on it you said um what would i say to current members also is that the church of god is not even a church, it's, it's a business. Yes. And they are connected to the, the big shine company, I think they're called, as well. When I, when I did some research on that, and I see the members talking about it, they are connected to them. A company, the Church of God is a business, that's all it is. They're not really preaching salvation, I believe. They're just out here and they're a big, probably a multi-million dollar church now, just making money. That's how they're building yep. this church, having money for all these things. Because of yep. that, they all have any brother does it even tear on the heating does it even do this or that right yeah. sure sure she does it. it does she does wow you go to Korea the, most of the churches floors are made from marble it's all posh 
they can afford to give every member probably works out in about in English money about eighty pounds is probably like a hundred dollars. Okay. I meant to go shopping and, and and buy stuff and this church is, is a complete fraud and it's a complete joke to be honest. And if if you only in there now, don't be deceived by the false smiles and them trying to make you tea and coffee and trying to invite you places or inviting you to that's another thing I want to touch on to, you know, clean up campaigns and events. I did and to impose a lot of work for the cleanup campaign and for the Queen's Award as well. And the main sister who did that and got the call from um, the Lord Mayor was called at the time, she didn't even get acknowledged. The pastor gave it to the person who he wanted to have found that person. And the Queen's Award, the church in Manchester where I'm from, we more or less begged for that award. We was rejected a lot, a lot of times for it. We used to go outside care homes act like we did a performance and did something and then leave. You take a picture with like a banner saying our 50th care home, our 100th care home and then get back in the car and drive and then say, oh, this is for Mother's Glory. We wouldn't actually go in and do it at all. It was all like fraud. A show. Wow. So, yeah, so we got the Queen's Award in the end, but we had to do a lot a lot of work and then after we received the Queen's Award a lot of these organisations would say to us oh well, man where's the Church of God gone as soon as we got the award oh they didn't care about clean campaigns anymore they didn't care about going to care homes anymore they didn't want to visit and do things for anybody anymore that, that was it now they got what they wanted wow that was it yeah so I, I literally had them calling my phone and I was like oh yeah we're, we're coming back soon and the pastor would say oh delete the number so we saw our one brother also said, okay, let me get this straight. So we're here, we do all this work for this, for this Queen's Award. We get the Queen's Award, and as a gift, General Pastor comes, and he gets to take a picture and gets all the praise for all the work that we've done. He was like, I don't understand. What a slap in the face. And the pastor says, oh, it, because it's a blessing, and he's spiritual Joshua. That would be his answer. Okay. For and when General Pastor came to Manchester Zion, wow, how the pastor in Manchester changed. They cleaned. At the time, I was falling away. And he says, oh, when General Pastor walks in, stand at the board and act like you just finished a presentation. And in my head, I'm thinking, so fake. Wow. That, that's, so, that's what they do. It's, they're all fake. And they're so all fake competing with each other even inside the church yeah. like new man I think is love they're all competing to be get that title and be that leader and be it's not for yeah. love it's for own self acknowledgement and to please the pastor like that's all it's for that's interesting yeah man like as I talk to you and as I've talked to other members and I'm hearing this this is like it's becoming just the evidence from testimonies like you is becoming just where it's like, it's undoubtedly true that this is the characteristic of the church because I'm hearing this about, you know, from churches all in different parts of America. Now you're, you're clear over in England. You're telling me the same things that it's a fake robotic love. What is honestly what this is proving to do and more so like in the past week, I've started kind of noticing it in myself. Like this is, it's grieving and it's frustrating to hear this, but also for me and my personal faith and my personal walking out faith and following Jesus and the community I'm in and seeing other brothers and yeah. sisters, like it's been really encouraging to me, like, like, because I'm looking around and I'm seeing like, man, like I see, I see sincere love. I see something that's so different than what you guys are describing that I'm experiencing with brothers and sisters that I'm walking with, people who are simply following Jesus. And I'm saying these guys really love him, but it's actually resulting in like sincerity. And that's not to say we're perfect and like flawless and there's no issues. Obviously there are, but like at the core of it, like I've just, I've been encouraged honestly 
to, to be reminded that, man, like there's something real. There is real love. There is real sincere love that manifests in followers of Jesus. And when I hear testimonies like you guys uh, of what, what you've experienced, it shows me that, man, there's a, you know, there's a real love and there's a false love. And I feel like, yeah, and it's it's just been encouraging me to see, like, I feel like I've been blessed to be able to en- encounter and experience some of the, the real love because it's just so different than what you're describing. And so I'm saying that not to bolster myself or, like, even the community I'm in. I'm saying that to, to like, to exalt the person of Jesus and to say, like, man, that's so... That's so against who Jesus is. That, that's so not who Jesus is. Everything you're describing is like, that is not Christ. That is not the Bible. That's not the scriptures. That's not God. Um, Lord, it's robotic. Yeah. The members have got, they've got even like, when I see old pictures, like Irene seen me about six months ago, found some pictures of me in Korea with um, Zhang Jojia. I threw them away. I look at myself and people would tell me like, to say he was like a walking like, I was empty, like, and was like, begin to speak with a Korean accent, you're like, you're leaving, you're in autopilot, you don't even, you're not functioning, you're just doing as yes. you told. Well, let's, I'll probably try to wrap this up here quickly, but um, I wanted to ask, um, I want you to kind of think, think in this way, like, if I'm, say I'm a member, a current member, and I'm coming to you right now, I'm convinced the church is true. And this is kind of, this might be hard to do. <laughs> and I know you probably have a lot of answers you'd want to give in response to this. But yeah. can you think of like one single piece of evidence that you could point to for a member, a current member to say, I want you to think about this, this, this fact, this piece of evidence that shows that this group that you're joined to is not real. It's not true. And so it might be something we've already talked about. It might be something you need to think about for right. a second. But. Okay. Well, I could I could simplify that. Um, there's a verse. I can't recall a verse. I'm sure you'll know it where it states that if somebody comes to you or a prophet and like tells you like dream dreams and says things that's not true, then they're a false prophet. So to simplify it, if somebody has prophesied that in 1988, I think it was one time in the 90s, 2012, the completion in 2013, then it can't be a true church. It's, it's as simple as that. Yep. And actually, it's, it's as simple as that. It can't be because God doesn't tell lies and God doesn't forget. Okay. Look, if you, the one way you can know whether this church is true or not is, is by whether the things that they prophesy will come true or not. So 2012, that's a big thing that, that we've talked about in this video, <coughs> is that they very specifically said in 2012, Father's coming back. Even to the point of saying, if he doesn't come back, it proves the Bible's not true. Okay, so Deuteronomy 18, this is the one I was, uh, the scripture I wanted to read here. He says, you may ask in your heart, how can we recognize a message that the Lord has not spoken? And then he says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord and the message does not come to pass or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The, the prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. And so, you know, in other places, they'll even talk about like, you need to put him to death. You know, he, he talks, I think actually in the verse before and, verse 20, he says, if a prophet dares to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or to speak in the name of other gods, that prophet must be put to death. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, it's, it's very hard, uh, clear cut. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, like the world mission society clearly, not just in England, but this is, this is testified here in America too. I've heard different testimonies of members talking about this. Jordan Young brought this up, the 2012, Thing. Yes. And so, um, yeah. And so they said 2012, Father's coming back. This is the end of the world. It did not come true. That one fact, if as if we didn't already have millions of other facts and evidences to show that this, this church is false, that one fact in itself proves this church is false. It's false. And you need to run away from it. You need to get out of it. Mem- members need to leave. It's really sad how they make you... The, 
the ten year old body to make you feel uh, a certain way, like to make you feel bad, like like to make you feel like you're a bad person, like especially with me personally, a lot of the members, like there's something called mother's teachings, I think it's twelve or thirteen. Yeah. And then try to force you to change the way you think and your personality, but not just in a biblical way, but if you know your knowledge, also in a Korean way where young Koreans, they, they're not allowed to question their elders or ask questions. Whereas in the in the West, it's slightly different. It's an issue. If our uncle or our dad does something we, not, we don't like, we're going to ask them why or to stop doing that. But in Korea, they don't do that. It's where like they're almost forced even to eat their food, yep. especially Lyon. I wasn't a big fan of the Lyon's food, so I'd bring my own food and it'd be like, oh, because... You know, you're a strong gospel worker, you should be eating the Zion's food. So I said, what does me having strong faith have to do with eating the food? I pay you en- enough, I, I don't want to eat, I don't want to eat the food. Oh, wow. And you're really down because you don't love mother, so you're not eating this food that was prepared by God. And really, it's prepared by you, Deaconess, it's not prepared by God. Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, there's so much abuse they would like, to start to do, but they're very good at the beginning, new members, they're very good at being nice to the point when I first came, the pastor would take me and my partner home every day, they'd, they'd come and see us and pick us up, they'd come around with like KFC fried chicken or, because we're like Jamaican as well, they bring Jamaican food and like have a laugh and then one day it changes. Yeah, once they get you in the door and they get those doors locked, yeah, we don't really care much dangerous. about you anymore, yeah. To the point where they offend us, to the point where I've had the pastor slam the door in my face numerous times and I'm going to ask a question and they'll be like, oh, because you're a gospel worker, so you have strong enough faith to understand now that the pastor is busy and you have to, and he will answer your question like when he's ready. Okay, yeah. So you've been out of this church now for how many years? About three years now. Too, three, like years. three years. I mean, okay. When I went to Korea the second time, I wasn't... A proper member, but I still clearly had some belief and faith in me. Okay. So, yeah, I went, and then after coming back, I just realized again that no, this is definitely not for me. After seeing Zangjo Jar catch a few a good nap during the worship, and some, <laughs> some of the things like she was saying and blaming everything on the pastor, and she had actually promised me, which she broke, what, that when I come back, she said, "You will, your faith will grow back and she will deal with the pastor and she didn't. She, that didn't happen and that was like a big thing for me because I'm being told something directly from someone who's supposed to be God. So she, and she's, like, she's gossiping about your pastor. <laughs> exactly. So I said, I, thought, I said, when I got back, I said, she's not God. She didn't deal with what the pastor's done. Yep. He's left it. Amy's robbed the church, but I don't believe it. When you're a leader in a church, you know certain things. Everything you do is computerized. You have to send everything over. Your attendance is wrote down. If you come, if you're on time, they, they literally monitor and write down everything. Okay. Because it's a business. It's a business. Yeah. Your employees. And, and yeah. they use that term to me. One day I'm... I didn't come Zion for one day because I wanted to go and visit my daddy. We're not seen for, I think, at the time, nine months, nearly a year. And the deacon said to me, if you're working for a company and you don't come, what do you have to do? You have to call, right? And let them know that you're not coming. Also, same with Zion, same words. You should let the pastor know when you're coming. Like, you can't even go shop without telling the pastor. You want to get a new car, you need to tell the pastor otherwise when you're not around if you're not close to certain members there will be an educational meeting about you and how not to be like you wow and how to couldn't enter the kingdom of heaven that's terrible man that's terrible it's terrible yes i'm so glad you got out of that yeah i'm happy myself now and it's taught me like basically like three years to what i make a video the first time i didn't make a video because i actually was scared if i'm honest with you I was worried, I was scared, and I thought, what if it is true, and now I go hell, and I'm eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yep. They really emotionally abuse you, so I'm so happy I come across your channel that gave me the courage to do this now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm running into that. You're not alone in that struggle. I've, I, 
I have members that will even email me um, with crazy stories. Um, and and they're, they're, they've left the church. They, they know the church is false, but there's so much fear in them. They're so afraid. They're so worried that I'm not, they make sure, don't use my name. Don't tell people who I am. And, and then they'll even, they'll stop, they'll stop replying to me. Uh, like I'll ask them follow-up questions and they won't reply. And I sh I'm sure what's happening is that this same process that you're describing where there's so much fear of like, well, what if this is true? And what if I'm speaking against the truth? And what if, you know, what if I'm just, you know, all these, all these things that th this church has abusively drilled into these people's minds. Um, it's just sad. It's so sad to see because. Why? When you said at the start, I was just thinking about been before the recording, like, your name's Luke, and I said, I thought, yeah. Anyone who knows me from Manchester Zion in the UK, the brother who did our, the most, probably the most work in there, had to blow my own trumpet, <laughs> they know that my name's Luke, and I don't fear them now at all. It took yeah. me a long time to get to this stage, but I, I have zero fear. Yeah. And the is watching this video now that will be shocked to, to see me yeah. record video and thinking, oh, you definitely can't come back to Zion now, brother. I just want to make it clear to any current members that are watching, I don't want to go back to there Zion. There you go. Amen. Yeah, and uh, I feel sorry for yep. the men that are in there. I missed out on a lot of things. My auntie passed away like, about two years ago now, and I missed out on so many members. She reached out to me, and I told her directly, after 2012, she'll be going to hell. I said, if you don't come and keep the Passover this year, I said, this is the last Passover. So, if people understand how I felt when I heard Passover 2013 is coming, I, there's not a word. Devastating. Like yeah, the anger of like, oh my goodness. I said, how can we go out and preach on the streets again? And we told these people that 2012 is not coming. I heard the pastor tell one of the, he was, he was a guy that who owned the building. He was asking for the rent. Oh, don't worry about that. We won't be here next year. Members were crying tears. Like we bought um, lots of water and last day food because they'd say, "Oh, when the last day comes, we'll need food and we'll need lots of." We bought. I had hundreds of tin food, hundreds of bottles. Of, I had to throw them all away. And they told you to keep one of Hong Song's Hong 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 <laughs> Song Hong's books with you at all times. Did they tell you that too? Yeah, we kept all of them. We kept okay. all the books. Okay. Always. Yeah, I've heard that before. So, in a false prophecy, all that boils down to what it, what it resulted in is a false prophecy. Uh, a prophecy, and, and man, like, that's, that's what these groups do, is they make false claims that, that don't happen. Then they try to cover it over. They, they just kind of brush it to the side. Yeah. Yeah. So this false Remember, group. About, don't get married in that church. You got a bit of money. They will try to marry you off. Went through a stage in Manchester where it became almost like a wedding shop. Everybody was getting married. I don't know. Every, every sudden everybody was getting married because people had money, and that's why the pastor had done that to tie you in. Especially the want to tie you in with a Korean member. And if and not, I don't mean this in a racist way at all, but if you're a white brother. And you're handsome, tall, or whatever. Believe me, they will try their best to keep you in that church and marry you off, probably to a woman that can't speak any English at all. And that's what I've seen it all the time. They will, for all of a sudden, they like you. They didn't even know you. Probably had four conversations with this sister. Oh, brother, I really like you. I'm like, you don't even know me. You don't even know my last name. How can how can you like me? You don't know anything about me. Yeah. And that's what that's what they do. And that happened to a friend of mine. Also, we got married, and then this is not long with the sister now because it was it was a Zion. Obviously, we call it a Zion marriage. It wasn't for love. The you get you get married because you think, oh, anyway, father's coming soon, so why not get married? But if you want to get married. And they don't approve of it, or you're not rich enough. <laughs> they won't let you. There was one of my close. He's my friend now. He's left church with me also. Um, he had a nap. He stayed in. He was stressed out because he, he wanted to work and he couldn't work. And you know, bills don't stop even though you stop working. Yeah. <laughs> and he slept in. The pastor said to him, "Oh, those who were sleeping couldn't enter 
the kingdom of heaven. The pastor strongly, strongly rebuked him because he was the pastor's fruit and told him he couldn't enter heaven. The pastor used to even embarrass him and embarrass a lot of us. So current members, new members, don't listen to the lies. If I'm all the way in England, you're in America, if you're in Africa, listen, do not, it's the same. It's not just your church, it's... It's every church. This is the World Mission Society Church of God that you're describing. This is not just Luke's experience. This is the consistent experience everywhere. Yeah. But this is this is the fruit of the World Mission Society Church of God. This is the consistent fruit that's being born, that, that's being manifested out of this group. And what it shows is that at its core, this group is a dead tree. It, it's, it's, it's dead. It's empty. It's evil. And but the living, not the dead. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Luke, for coming on. We should probably wrap this up because... <laughs> been gone for a while but man i've really enjoyed talking to you really enjoyed hearing your story and and hopefully we can stay in touch and yeah 100 percent i'll probably send an email email at some point in a week or an instagram message of you know explaining a few more things in detail yes and if you see another like uk england british number calling you again it'd be a few other former members down there that or even, you know, hiding me. I'm talking members who worked directly with the pastor every day that went on missions, were, were told to go to different countries to look at things and were sent away. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's gone on, but when you look at former members, it's always American or other places. You don't hear anything from England. Yep. But, yeah, it's um, fun to get a perspective from your your part of the world. So, yeah. it's great. Thank you a lot for it. I appreciate everything. Yes, thank you. So glad you stumbled on our videos. No problem. Thank you for everything. And listen, I'm going to say one last thing before I go. Yes, please do. Remember, please, please leave, especially if you're young, even if you're old, no matter who you are, please leave. You're only going to regret it and it could really affect you mentally. I know people that are not the same. They've missed out on the kids. They grandparents have died they've not attended certain things they couldn't go because we're supposed to be in, we're supposed to be in heaven now what four or five years ago we're still here and i went to that church i didn't even have a bed i was young right i couldn't even grow one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah lastly please leave and you know everyone keep safe and thanks so much for having me yes Take care. yes great thank you luke thanks so much